So glad you tuned into Radical Philosophy. I'm your host, Beth Matthews. Today on the program, I'm going to be speaking with Lynn Farrow about Anne Lister and Anne Walker. Welcome to the program. Hi there. <laughs> now, could you tell us a bit about yourself? Um, well, I have a degree in physics and I've been a physics teacher for 35 years and I retired in 2013. And since then, I have written a lot of physics books for HarperCollins and, and physics resources for teachers. Um, however, I've now written a historical biography about Anne Lister and Anne Walker, um, two 19th century lesbians who lived as a married couple. And um, the, my book is called Anne Lister, Anne Walker and Me. And um, I published it on Amazon. And um, yes, it's, it's all going very well. So what was it that inspired you to write about Anne Lister and Anne Walker? Um, well, the first thing is, I mean, I, I did know about them. I have an interest in history. I, did, I was aware of Anne Lister and Anne Walker, 19th century lesbians living together. Um, I've been to Shipton Hall, which is the Lister Ancestral Hall, and um, but in the UK in May 2019, a HBO BBC television series was aired, and it was written by the playwright Sally Wainwright, and it was all about Anne Lister and Anne Walker's relationship, and it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant and it brought it brought Anne Lister and Anne Walker to life for me and it's it just blew me away to be honest I was uh, so impressed by it so impressed by it and um, I, I was aware that Anne Lister was a prolific diarist and, um, and that she was a sort of somebody who was totally committed to living her life according to a true lesbian self, although she wouldn't have used the word lesbian. And um, I, I just got interested in it. I started looking for books about it. But the big deal was that, for me, really, was that I applied to West Yorkshire Archive Service to um, help transcribe the diaries. Um, the diaries are written in, in uh, plain hand, which is her normal writing, but very abbreviated. Lots of, sh most words are drastically shortened. And a secret code where she writes about more personal matters and, and who she's been having sex with and such like. And I applied to West Yorkshire for the, uh, for, to, to be a transcriber, although they, although they call us code breakers. And there's about just over a hundred of us. And now in, <coughs> what? Sort of, it was all, it was all about August, so um, August Septemberish of this year. We finished the job. Two years it took us, and we have transcribed the diaries. There are others. There are there's more transcribing that's needed in um, with regard to letters and journals and such like. But now West Yorkshire Archive are putting the transcribed diaries online for everybody anywhere in the world to read which is absolutely wonderful now for me that transcribing i tell you is it was just incredible 
it's as soon as you sit I sit down and I, to actually transcribe a diary I don't know if you've ever have you seen a picture of the diaries no, the tricky it is it does take a bit to learn how to transcribe them but the second you start you're transported you're transported back to uh, the early 19th century and it's almost for me it's like analyst is talking to me it's wonderful it's absolutely wonderful so i was very much inspired by that and the transcribings i did were quite a number a number of different periods in her life from when she first started writing the detailed diaries which was in her mid 20s and up to up to the end of her life in 1840 and uh it's I felt I really got to understand her and got to know her and was fascinated by all things Anne Lister and literally just one morning it was in lockdown we'd been in lockdown about a month and I just woke up in one morning and thought I'm going to write a book about them it just literally popped into my head it wasn't like a conscious series of thoughts just popped into my head and and within about a second I got the title now the Anne Lister and Walker bit was pretty obvious but then I decided it just came into my head Anne Lister and Walker and me because part of what I wanted to get across is the impact it had on a modern day lesbian finding more and more about these two 19th century lesbians so that I just started to write and I wasn't even sure if I could do it because I've only ever written physics. So I didn't know if I could do it. Turns out I can, which was a surprise, but it was wonderful. It was easy. It was, you know, I had to do a lot of transcribing in addition to my usual transcribing because I was looking at certain bits that I was trying to get the information about. And um, I got so that I could, I could skim read it quick and I could translate the, the code quick. So I could zip through a page fairly quickly to decide if there was anything in that that I would include. And then I'd make a note of what I'd include. But to be honest, it was an absolute joy. It took me about 10 months to write it. and uh, But it was in lockdown, so I wasn't going anywhere else except to work in the garden. I'm a keen, very keen gardener. And um, so there we are. And. Uh, I, uh, I wrote a book that was it's a historical biography, but it's, it's very much written in a sort of contemporary style. It's me sort of telling people what happened and trying to explain it, which is a little bit like the way I write my physics books. It's like I'm explaining it to one person. So the book is like I'm writing it to one person. So there you go. That's, it. That's quite incredible. So could you describe Anne Lister's childhood? Right. Well, she was born in Halifax and she was christened at Halifax Minster, which is a beautiful church, beautiful church. But she, she wasn't living at Shipton Hall. Shipton Hall is the sort of ancestral home of the Listers. And her dad, Jeremy, was, I think, the fourth son in his family. So he had older brothers. So he wasn't going to be inheriting anything. That's the way the system works worked here then so he joined the army and um he eventually got he, he fought in the american war of independence and um he when he married um they had a son 
and he died in infancy and then Anne was born. So she was the second child, but basically she was the eldest of her siblings. Um, they moved from Halifax to a place called Market Wheaton, which I was, was there just about a month ago. And uh, they lived at a house called, on a farm basically called Skelfer House. And when she was about two, and then they had more children. And Anne, let me think, she, well, when she was about seven, she went to boarding school for two years. But she freely admits she didn't learn anything because she's just spent all the time chatting to the other girls. So I think her lesbian nature was really evident early on. And I think she was very much aware of this as well. And but she was there for a couple of years. Then she went back home and she was homeschooled. She, she had an absolute thirst for knowledge, except if there was other girls around. And then other things took over, shall we say. Um, she did visit Shipton Hall a lot because her, her dad's eldest brother, James, her uncle James, and her, her aunt, Aunt Anne, they were brother and sister, they lived at Shipton Hall and she was very close to them. So she spent a lot of time there visiting as a child and um, very close to them. And, um, but she was homeschooled because she wanted to be educated. She was a mad reader, avid reader as well and um she uh, but when she was about 14 she went to another school in york this time the building still stands i've been trekking around yorkshire looking for buildings that still stand that were there when she was there and you'd be surprised just how many there are this one's in york beautiful it is and um she was only there for a year but she didn't learn anything because by now she wasn't just chatting to all the girls, she was flirting with them. And apparently they would get very excited with her flirting. But interestingly, um, she shared an attic room with another girl of the same age. Um, you may have, her name is, her name was Eliza Rain. And they fell in love at 14. They fell in love and they became lovers. And it was them that devised the secret code so that when they weren't together, they could write to each other and mention intimate matters, basically. So, um, and th so that was when she was about 14. And, but through Eliza, she got to know other people in the city of York. And um, that's where she met um, uh, Isabella Nordcliffe and Mariana Belcom, who are two massive figures in her life. She was very close to them both, and she had very passionate relationships with them, particularly with Mariana. And, um, and yes, yeah, so her family did move back to Halifax. There were more siblings, and um, she was very close to two of her brothers. But sadly, by the time she was about 22, Apart from her sister Marion, all her brothers have died. So she, she went through a lot of bereavement as well. And you just, I just think how awful for her poor mother to have lost four sons. It's terrible, isn't it? Shocking. But that's what life was like then. So, um, yes. So, Lister's childhood, I think it was generally happy, but obviously there was tragedy there as well. 
and um, but she always seemed to try to make sure she was getting educated. In fact, she she educated herself to a large extent as well. So she was a very knowledgeable woman and very good company and very sort of in demand for social visits because how good company she was. Why did the town folk call Anne Lister Gentleman Jack? Uh, well, she's five foot five. Now, that's not very tall here. And But in those days, I've looked it up, I've done a bit of research, and the typical average height of women was five foot one. So f to begin with, she's about four inches taller than average. Um, she's quite a physical person. You know, she can hunt, she can ride, she can hunt. Um, she, from, the, from sort of her mid-twenties, always dressed in black and um, with a, you know, uh, a sort of cravat and a frill collar and things like this. And she had, she wore a hat, not a top hat, but um, sometimes it was a relatively small hat. Women wore big hats in those days. They were very much the fashion. So she was, um, she cut an unusual figure, shall we say. Plus, she walked very quickly because she walked everywhere. I mean, she was a good, a good horsewoman, but she walked everywhere and she walked fast. So people would notice her. Plus, there's another thing I've realised from transcribing, and that is that within her own social circle, people knew she had a preference for female company. They may not have trans gone as far as thinking she'd be having sex with them, but the people knew she had a preference for female company. So that would have been known anyway. And the, the name for somebody who was had what, you, what in those days they might describe as masculine tendencies um, was a Jack. Now she did, when she was, ooh, what, I forget now what age she was, early twenties, she actually moved in full time to live with Uncle James and Aunt Anne at Shipton Hall to help him run the, run the estate, it was a big estate. And um, so she's, she's a member of the landed gentry now, and she has a number of masculine, inverted commas, tendencies. So not just a Jack, she was a gentleman Jack, basically. <laughs> All right, so could you tell us about Anne and Anne's courtship? Right, well, um, bit different to the actual series in that just a little different because they did know each other they have been acquainted over the years but because their social circles would have overlapped you see to some extent so they didn't know of each other and um so they became what you what i tend to refer to as being reacquainted i think it was july 1832 and Anne lister would be 41 and Anne Walker 29 and um, they became reacquainted and Anne Lister courted her, paid her a lot of attention to her and um, by October they were having a sexual relationship and it seemed to be going okay but Anne Lister all her adult life had wanted a wife basically she wanted somebody who loved her to live with her at Shipton. 
That's what she, that was her dream. And credit to the woman, she never gave up on her dream. And um, Anne Walker, on the other hand, had a huge estate, bigger than the Shipton estate. And she lived in a very posh property, or, or she had she owned a number of posh properties on that estate. And um, she, uh, she kind of wanted to be friends with benefits, if you know what I mean. It's, um, she didn't want the people of Halifax to know she was having, you know, a sexual relationship with Alistair. She wanted people just to think of them as friends, but she did want to be having sex with her, and that was important to her. So there was a conflict there about possible future. You know, were they going to live at Shibden, which is what Anne wanted, Anne Lister wanted, or were they going to be friends with benefits, which is what Anne Walker wanted? Now, there's another factor to add in here, and that is, since she was a teenager, Anne Walker suffered with severe bouts of anxiety and depression. And basically, I get the, the impression that if, if she's feeling anxious, it triggers depression and she goes into a very deep depression. And that's basically what happened. And um, Alistair looked after her, cared for her, but February 1833, they separated. And Anne Walker went up to live with her sister for a while in Scotland. And so that was the end of it, really. It seemed like it. Um, but 10 months later, this is early January 1834, they got back together, which is wonderful. They got back together. And by, well, just over a month, they had privately committed to each other. Their, their own date when they promised themselves to each other was February 10th. And that's the date they always celebrated as their anniversary. And um, yes, so they got back together, having been apart for a longish, well, 10 months. But um, yeah, they got back together and they, uh, they stayed together. So how did they make that commitment to each other? Well, they did the private commitment between the two of them on February 10th, but they were in, they were, they were in York on, <coughs> um, in March, of the same year, 1834, and um, they went to a church to take the sacrament together. They'd been to church together prior to that, but they'd never taken the sacrament together. So they went to Holy Trinity Church um, in York. It's, you know, it's absolutely the most beautiful little church. It's a delight. It's a delight. I have a bit of a thing for old churches. This one was wonderful. I adore boxed pews. Boxed pews, and you know that how many people have opened that little door to get into the pew over hundreds of years. It's absolutely beautiful. And um, they went there and they took the sacrament together. And that was their way of um, showing they were committed to each other before God. And, um, and then they subsequently exchanged rings. And that was, that was their way of being committed together. Although, they, as I say, they always celebrated their anniversary on February the 10th, because that's when they felt they were married to each other. Now, there must have been quite a few obstacles for them to overcome, was there? Um, Anne Walker's family were not best pleased when she moved into Shipton Hall. 
I mean, she was still continuing to, I mean, she did, these two women both ran their own estates. You know, they had, well, Anne Walker had a steward to her sister, but she was still very much in charge and the, the steward was constantly having meetings with her, you know, so they were, uh, she still ran her estate, even though she was living at Shibden with, uh, with Anne Lister, but her family were very much against it and um, against them being together at Shibden Hall. Um, there were some comments from the townsfolk. I don't think it was excessive, you know. I mean, people were talking about them, which Anne Walker didn't like, but Anne Lister was used to that. But Anne Walker wasn't best pleased about this. But to be perfectly honest, the biggest hurdle to their relationship, biggest obstacle was Anne Walker's mental health problems, without a doubt, in my opinion. <coughs> Just have a quick swig of me tea. And, um, but they stuck together. You see, that's the key here. They, they, they went through it. They had difficulties. Anne Walker, Anne Lister really looked after Anne Walker. And, and there was times when Anne Walker really looked after Anne Lister as well. And, um, but they stuck together, which, you know, given all that was going on, particularly with Anne Walker's mental health problems, I think it just showed how much they loved each other. What are some of the favourite quotes from her diary? Well, I've got one here, actually. It's yeah. on my uh, cup of tea. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can get mugs with our list of quotes on. I got that after a visit to Shibden Hall. I have written a few quotes down, actually. Uh -huh. So I'll just, I'll just read you a few. Yeah. Um, let's have a look. Just, just, just a few. That's it. All right. Where are we? Um. Uh, uh, oh yes, right. This is in eighteen nineteen, and Anne Lister is talking to Anne Belcom, who's a sister of Mariana Belcom, and uh, she's explaining about her her lesbianism, really, apart from obviously not using that particular word. And she said, "The strength of natural feeling and instinct, for so I might call it, as I had always had, the same turn from infancy." that it had been made known to me, as it were, by intuition, that I had never varied, and no effort on my part had been able to counteract it, that the girls liked me, and always had liked me, that I had never been refused by anyone. That's brilliant, isn't it? It is. Uh, I've got another one. This is the one that's on my, my mug here. Um, I love and only love the fairer sex and thus be loved by them in turn, my heart revolts from any other love than theirs. Oh, that's, that's I, I think that's one of the favourite <laughs> ones. I've got, I've got a couple more, if that's all right. Yeah, sure. Um, this is April 23. She's writing this in her journal. She's age 32. There is one thing I wish for. There is one thing without which my happiness in the world seems impossible. I was not born to live alone. I must have the object with me. And in loving and being loved, I could be happy. So, you know, she never gave up on that. And, um, and good for her. <coughs> this, is, <coughs> this is to do with taking the sacrament, actually, this next bit. Miss Walker and I stayed the sacrament. Almost all the congregations stayed. And though the church too small to hold many, the service took 40 minutes. The first time I ever joined Miss Walker in my prayers, I had prayed that our union might be happy. 
Oh, that's that's it really always good. makes you go ah, oh, doesn't it? Yes, that's yeah, it they're, they're very, very powerful quotes. What legacy did Anne Lister and Anne Walker leave behind? Um, I think, I think a couple of things from, from my point of view is that you know they faced obstacles, they were at um, an, a, a different time in the early 19th century, you know, and but they stuck together and that shows how much they loved each other. And that and that that is really powerful as far as I'm concerned. Um, the other side of thing is is Anne Lister. Um, even though she was um, sometimes mistaken for a man, <clears throat> I'm dubious about the word mistake. Because I think when people say that they think you're a man um, because of the way you're dressed and because of your height, um, they know perfectly well that you're not. But <laughs> it's just it's just to be cruel. And, um, and but it did upset her. She did, it did upset her when people mistook her for a man or she thought they, they, they were saying making remarks. It did upset her, but she would not budge. She wouldn't compromise. She was going to dress the way she wanted to dress. She was going to behave the way she wanted to behave. She was going to be absolutely true to her own nature, come what may. And what an inspirational figure. Somebody who believed so strongly in their own true nature. Um, what a wonderful role model. And that's, and for me, that's, you know, the more people know um, and the, particularly the more young lesbians know about Anne Lister, the better, because she is empowering, you know, absolutely. And, but I think, I mean, to be, to, to be fair, the, that television show, that Gentleman Jack, um, that BBC production has made them lesbian icons. Most people had never heard of Anne Lister and Anne Walker. But now more and more people are hearing about them. So I would, I'd actually class them as global lesbian icons. I really would. And, um, and, mass, and massively, what, what moves me as well is um, how wonderfully social media has helped to get um, them known more. And all the, the various groups of women coming together from all over the world on various Gentleman Jack Facebook groups and such like. And I just think it's made that it's made me feel I'm part of an international lesbian community. And I didn't feel that before. Um, not internationally anyway, because it's just, I mean, you know, we're, we're opposite ends of the globe and we're chatting about Alistair. How wonderful is that? You know, so I just think the more people know about her, uh, uh, the better. Yeah, definitely. Well, that, that's how I found you on one of the um, Facebook groups. And one, one of her quotes that really struck a chord with me was, I rise above it every day. And it doesn't matter what insults she had or what people were saying about her. She said she, she rose above it. 
And Absolutely. that that really sort of struck a chord with me. And you're, you're right. And I mean, I sort of feel the same way as you do. Like like I'm part of this uh, global lesbian, um, well, maybe a bit of a cult, enlisted cult. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait to travel again and uh, go over there and join in all the festivities as well. So thanks very much for coming onto the program today. Oh, you're absolutely welcome. Absolutely welcome. And I've been speaking with Lynn Farrow about Anne Lister and Anne Walker. Well, hope you've enjoyed the program and do stay tuned for Swing and 